Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is the big question. The show that gives you too much information about how Christopher Nolan will melt our brains, or, you know, maybe already has melted them, and now he's like unmelting them into solid state so he can like unshoot a bullet through it. <laughs> Tenet! Whoa! Hey. I'm Eric Voss. Here with me is Tommy Bechtold. Have I already hey. lost you, buddy? Is this already too confusing? Good light. Never let I, you go. <laughs> We're gonna need I'm... one of these all the way through it because this is a this is a head scratcher. This it's yeah. a bit confusing. Good, hit me with that big question, Tom. Talking about time, we're talking about tenant. You know, somebody once told me time is a flat circle. Everything we've ever done or we'll do, we're gonna do over and over and over. And that little boy and that little girl, they're gonna be in that room again and again and again. So my question for you, Eric, is how the <laughs> f does time inversion work in tenant? Tommy, I just got lost in your flat circle rant, and, and then I realized time is a flat circle bridging both True Detective and Interstellar. It's the That's same right. guy, just repeating it's, the same loop. Rust Cole is a also a brilliant scientist slash pilot slash whatever it was Matthew McConaughey's character did. He's everything. He's an everyman, um, and a great dad. What a Swiss Army knife. <laughs> well, uh, Tenet, of course, is Chris Nolan's newest film. It is confirmed to open in theaters. Social distancing, be damned. And now it looks like it could be the biggest movie of 2020. Maybe this year's Inception, this year's Dark Knight. Uh, wow. This could be the only movie we actually get to talk about this year. <laughs> but good thing is that we can just run it back and run it forward. You're not shooting the bullet. You're catching it. And run it back. That's right. And yeah, there's, there's enough to talk about because it deals with this thing called time inversion. And rather than, you know, spend this whole movie trying to play catch up as we're sitting in this theater, trying not to breathe, we want to help all of us go in a little prepared so we can just like try to enjoy the story and just see the cool ways that this concept is applied. And I have tried my best to explain it in breakdowns of the past two trailers. To be honest, it's a bit confusing and we'll probably revisit this when the movie comes out yes. and laugh and laugh. <laughs> or have we already been laughing? <laughs> well, Nolan based time inversion on a thermodynamics concept of entropy. He said, and I'll quote him here in his uh, mixed British and American accent, because he, he's both. Tenet deals with time and the different ways in which time can function. Not to get into a physics lesson, but inversion is this idea of material that has had its entropy inverted, so it's running backwards through time relative to us. Huh? That's about right, that's right. Let's quickly explain the physics of this, and we're gonna use my least favorite trope to introduce it, a good old, uh, in English, please. Uh, in English, please? <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! Okay, so let's go through this. Entropy is the measure of disorder in the universe. So all particles in the universe are moving toward uh, a thermodynamic equilibrium, a balance of maximum disorder. That's entropy. Love that. Maximum Disorder. <laughs> maximum Disorder! That was my favorite tag team in WWF, Maximum Disorder. They were great. They broke uh, the Ultimate Warrior's leg at WrestleMania 9. When it comes to bodybuilding, um, muscle mass can neither be created nor destroyed. <laughs> the second law of thermodynamic states that entropy cannot be reversed. It's always increasing. It cannot decrease over time because that's just the way the universe works. But Nolan, that old trickster, has created a theoretical world in which certain objects have had their entropy inverted so that they are moving backwards in time relative to us. Things like weapons, vehicles, people. 
now, before Nolan confirmed it, you could actually see this hinted at on the dry erase board in one of the trailers. There are equations. Those are the laws of the thermodynamics. And there's this diagram showing Maxwell's thought experiment. Maxwell was a physicist who came up with the concept of Maxwell's demon. Don't get scared, Tommy. I'm so confused that fear is the last thing that's hitting my body right now. I feel like, I, I've like I'm one of those people plunging into the ocean that has just accepted the icy grave that I'm falling into now. The confusion has overtaken the fear, and soon the sweet bliss of death will follow. Coors Light, official drink of the sweet <laughs> bliss of death. <laughs> Imagine instead of going into a body of water, you are trapped in one of two chambers. This is Maxwell's thought experiment. I'm putting you in a baby. Uh, one of these chambers has blue particles. Those represent slower, colder particles. Another has red particles. Those are faster, hotter particles. And right in the middle of those two is a door with a demon controlling it. And that demon can open and close the door between the chambers to segregate the particles, thereby violating the second law of thermodynamics decreasing inverting entropy in real life those uh those particles will mix and you know they'll reach an equilibrium but the demon has special divine insight into each particle's direction its velocity all of its uh variables and can kind of control all this in order to like freeze the universe in the way he wants to uh that's what basically the thought experiment is the demon doesn't exist but he said theoretically things like entropy could get inverted in addition to entropy another natural law is time time is always going forward it's like a manufactured way that we read the universe but it's another one of these things that like entropy it could get inverted if that demon existed a time demon a time demon if you will as opposed to a time bandit which is a delightful little person. Now, I didn't just waste your time, Tommy, because this is actually important. As we can tell from the trailer footage, there actually appears to be one of these chambers in the movie. Nolan built this into his movie. There's this like concrete chamber that keeps showing up. There are two sides, and if you look at the floor closely, there's one that's marked red, one side oh, is God. marked blue, yeah. and there is this revolving door in between it, and that wall in between these might represent a kind of like nexus between parallel realities. Each side is a different reality with opposite entropies, opposite time movement, okay? And also, we'll see if this related, but uh, the kid in the movie that Elizabeth Debicki's character is seen with is reported to be named Max, which could be a nod to Maxwell's demon. We'll see, we'll check in in a couple of weeks on that. Okay, so right now, Tommy and I are on the red side. We're moving forward in time but there exists whoa uh, eric and tommy down on the blue side they're moving reverse from our perspective hey uh wait let's listen and how are you guys doing down there we're weird but you guys sound real crazy over there um this is weird wait mine is now moving a different direction that's strange mine is uh leaping from cup to cup like a bellagio fountain all this makes me want to do is gamble baby maybe it's the playing cards maybe it's my own personal demon tommy's demon that lives in my heart and tells me to gamble i spilled so much water on me that it looks like i peed my pants uh hey i'm i'm wet for a very different reason baby because those two were Woo! lookers i love my upside down person everything about me but um not me <laughs> and opposite you was real fun too he is a, he's a load of fun you know what yeah. He doesn't drink Coors Light, he drinks Coors Original, the banquet beer. Okay, let's get back to this chamber and tenant. That revolving door appears to be the demon door, and it looks like it's used to transfer weapons and vehicles, people, through to the other side. Now, those transferred things have inverted entropy once they get on the other side. So how is this applied in the movie Tenet? 
Okay, I'm gonna do my best here. Objects come from the other side, but they retain their inverted entropy in our world. So, guns from the other side, they don't fire bullets, they catch bullets that have already been fired. Now, how did those fired bullets get there for them to be caught? I think we could assume that they were fired by the parallel doppelganger gun from our side. Oh, and then shit. you bring in the other side gun and it inverts the shot to catch the bullet. So does that make sense? Yeah, but so does that mean that the two parallel beings are working in concert with each other so you would somehow communicate to your other self in another dimension to fire a gun at a certain access point so that you could then catch it maybe maybe not maybe the alternate self already knows that that bullet was fired so the gun goes through and it's just one person on one side using that inverted gun maybe they go and they steal that gun so that they can invert it and like with people by using this inversion that they're not expecting and we see an example of this in the prologue scene that was released at imax showings in uh in december john david washington's character is saved in this opera house hostage situation when a bullet that was already fired in the floor is inverted back into a gun behind him it goes through an enemy that's standing between that nested bullet and the gun the gun that caught the shot had inverted entropy in this environment the shooter of that gun the mystery man who runs away lined up the enemy in front of a shot that was previously fired and then used his reverse gun to catch that bullet through him. Wow. Are we still I'm on there. the same train of thought? I have a new okay. way to take out my enemies now. I'm very excited. Plus, yeah, yeah. I get to work with my favorite guy, me. Yeah. <laughs> now, in the trailer footage, it's not just it's not just weapons. There's all kinds of tools that can be yeah. used for this. Like, it looks like repelling hooks. So whereas before, those hooks were used to repel down the side of a building, it seems like the inverted ones are used to zip them up whatever floor they need to get back up to. Mm. They use the inverted version that was repelled previously on the other side to invert back up now. Now, this also works with cars. What? What the f***? You've probably seen the crazy car chase imagery yes. from the trailer. If you look in that chamber, there is a car that's nested there that's probably going to be transferred to the other side. That demon door is big enough to move cars and other vehicles through. So they bring the car from the other side to our side, and they use that car's reverse entropy. That's why they have to drive it backwards on the route that its double previously took. So the, only the car is moving in reverse entropy, and they're taking it back to its point of origin. And they're doing that because along this route, there's like things that they need to do. They can revisit whatever past moment they need to revisit, maybe intercept someone, maybe kill someone, maybe save someone on that highway. It also looks, and this is where it might get even crazier, people themselves can go through this door to the other side, in which case the whole world to you would look inverted, right? right. Also, if you do that, it looks like you have to bring an oxygen tank with you because the air particles on the the other side to you are unbreathable oh, right. their reverse particle acceleration makes it impossible for your bloodstream to absorb that oxygen so you need to bring in home oxygen with you kind of like uh, when we all go on flights right now we don't want to breathe the air that's there you got to bring the air that you came from oh bring your air from home byoa yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> howard dean style <laughs> he was just trying to tell us bring your own air this guy knew covid was coming decades before oh my god howard dean said he is the inverted howard dean Neadoro. in that universe he's president Maybe he's uh, yeah. king. Who knows? Maybe in another timeline, I'm the boy king. Yeah. Like that cult I went to. My boy king, my little boy, young boy, you blonde king. Always my bo you're always my boy king in any universe, just so you know. Uh, boy king, always boinking. <laughs> Now, the craziest version of this that we've seen so far in the TV promo, other than the car chases, there's like a shot of agents hijacking a plane mm. 
but doing it on the ground. So the plane has already crashed and exploded on the ground. They are now in their alternate like world where time is inverted. They're sneaking on that plane as the fire is reverse extinguished by firefighters right to the point before the plane explodes so that they can be on that plane before its destruction without anyone noticing. I am very, very sneaky, sir. So that's how they hijack it. They hijack it on the ground so that they can get back to the air. Oh, brilliant, yes. <sighs> now, despite discussing this full concept to the best of our ability, we don't know what the hell this movie is about. We don't know the, right. the mission. We, we don't know what the heist is. It, it's hard to know the objective of all this. It's kind of like trying to process Nolan's inception dream logic without knowing the point of that heist right. to incept a, an idea in someone's dream. Like, right. if you didn't know that, you're just like, well, how do dreams work? And then I'll try to work backwards. That's what we're doing. Here's the little we do know. We do know John David Washington's character is trying to prevent a global catastrophe that is supposedly worse than World War III. He's working with Robert Pattinson. We know Kenneth Branagh is probably the bad guy. He's got a strange wife played by Elizabeth Debicki, and they're connected to this. We also know Aaron Taylor Johnson's gonna play a major role. He showed up very briefly, barely recognized was a soldier in the second trailer, but Nolan has been very, very cryptic about what his role is. Kick-ass, he's gonna play kick-ass again. Oh yeah. Didn't see that, did you? Oh, or John Lennon. He's gonna, re he's gonna reprise <laughs> his role from Nowhere Boy and play uh, play, play John Lennon. That's all I have for that joke. <laughs> it was it was enough. It was bloody. It was great. <laughs> we also know that Washington's agent role is codenamed a protagonist, which is something that I predicted back in my first trailer breakdown. I'm very proud Yay! of myself. Now, based off of my pure speculation, I'm thinking it's possible Branagh could be an entropy terrorist who, like, maybe hijacks this inversion tech to unravel time, only because the word tenet is a palindrome derived from the famous Latin Seder Square found in the ruins of Pompeii. It's a two-dimensional palindrome grid matrix with a mysterious meaning that the historians haven't been able to decode. Maybe Branagh's character has this ancient relic with inverted entropy that he's gonna use to rewind time back to ancient times to undo key historical events throughout history. Uh, people have described this as the musical the last five years, but with action, uh, which mm. as a musical theater nerd, that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> I, I think we're uh, we're all just gonna sound pretty stupid in a couple weeks, so we'll have to you know reverse time back to this. Huh? Huh? I don't know. When uh, something just came over me. As long <laughs> as we don't find out that uh, that John David Washington's character is the grandson of Emperor Palpatine, I feel like this movie's gonna be well ahead of its competition. <laughs> yep, the bar has been set pretty low lately by Hollywood, hadn't it? Well, before we continue, we want to thank our friends from Coors for helping sponsor this episode. Look, the summer is gonna be a very different one. As you can see, there's a whole lot of stuff you can't do before school starts this fall. Festivals, concerts, movies, they're getting pushed back or they're getting changed. But you know what? That doesn't mean summer is canceled. No. Coors Light wants to help you chill this summer and take a break from all the stresses and pressures of daily life. You know who's going to be chilling this summer with Coors Light? My Uncle Doug. That man has had a refrigerator full of Coors Light since I have known him, which is now... I don't know, how old am I, 24 years old? So I've been legal to drink sure. for three years. He's been sharing his Coors Light with me. So you know who's not canceling this summer with Coors Light? My Uncle Doug. He will be enjoying Coors Light. And you know what? I think we can all follow in Uncle Doug's uh, example because, uh, you know, there are just some days where I, I go up to my apartment balcony and uh, I want to look over at my neighbor, crack open the Coors Light, yeah. and just be like, right? Yeah. Hey, that's life, huh? Yeah. yeah. 
but we're here and we're chilling out and that's great. Plus, my Uncle Doug is cool. He drives motorcycles and smokes secret cigarettes in the garage so my aunt doesn't find out. <laughs> secret cigs. Hashtag secret cigs. Actually, there's a new Coors Light summer can that does the work for you. It features sunglasses that literally turn blue when the beer is cold and ready to drink. Oh, I can't wait to crack up one of those. I'm cold. Oh, Tommy's ready. Oh, nice and cold. I'm icy uh, cold. <laughs> Coors Light, it's a perfect beer for chilling as it's cold, crisp, and just 105 calories. Wow. And that's why Coors Light is the one I choose when I need a moment of chill. So when you need to reset the summer, reach for the beer that's made to chill. You can have Coors Light delivered by going to get.coorslight.com and finding a local delivery option near you. Celebrate responsibly, Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Cheers. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some bite-sized questions that Tommy's going to answer. You ready, yeah, Tommy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lay them on me. All right, our friend Ned on Discord asked, In Avengers Endgame, why didn't Doctor Strange just take the gauntlet himself, teleport to a safe location and perform the snap himself, or just, like, bring Tony with him to do it? Good question. And, you know, at first, like most things, I said, I agree. And then I did a little bit of investigating, and I remembered some things. And again, as in life uh, is often the case with me, I found out I was wrong. Wrong, sir. Wrong. Uh, let's not forget that uh, Dr. Stephen Strange, or as I call him, Steve-O Knievel, uh, had his hands full during the final battle in Endgame. If you recall, he was yeah. preventing uh, people from drowning by holding back the floodwaters. <laughs> That's right, yeah. So that, for one, is almost an excuse enough on itself. But don't forget that Stephen Strange went and saw, like, literally millions of possible outcomes, right? Isn't that what he said? Millions? That's right. Yeah, millions 14 of possible million, outcomes. And there was only one that was successful. So he knew that if it was going to be him, unless he was lying and there were two that were successful and he just didn't want to die, which would be really <laughs> fucked up and, and kind of yeah, awesome. there's just one. There's and, just, just one. And I guess in a way would make him the ultimate villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. But let's a real piece of shit. that he was truthful in only seeing one possible scenario where it was successful. Tony had to be the one to make the sacrifice. And let's not forget that Tony is the one that had the Mark 85 armor that would be able That's to right. absorb the stones from Thanos. So really, ultimately, it comes down to the right tech and the right person who had the right amount of available bandwidth at that time or energy to expend to uh to get the stones it had to be tony yeah and the right uh the right amount of time left on his contract as well which which was not nice. so, uh, exactly and, and an actor yeah. who probably doesn't want to have to do all that physical work anymore as they yeah. reach their late 50s so god Quite bless fair. yeah and we have another uh bite-sized question from uh on Twitter, I might be saying it wrong. And Wonder Woman 84, when Diana ejects the bullet and then like punches it away, yes. is the bullet traveling fast enough to still be deadly? That's an interesting question. Well, you know, I like this question a lot and I have a split answer. I believe that there are two scenarios, one in which the bullet would be deadly and one in which the bullet would uh, not be moving fast enough to pierce skin. With the braces of submission that Wonder Woman wears, those are made of metal. So using what we know, from baseball, we know that when a metal bat hits the ball, the exit uh, speed that it comes off is about 20 miles an hour faster than with which the uh, the ball is coming in. So a 90 mile an hour pitch will leave off the bat at 110 miles an hour. For you non-sports fans, we can take a look at the gun. So to pierce skin, a bullet needs to go about 20 feet per second. A normal handgun has a muzzle velocity when the bullet is leaving the chamber of about 1500 
feet per second. So that's yeah. plenty. So if the bullet was actually exiting the gun at that point, when it goes up through the chamber, if it had been fired already, it would deflect off the bracelet of submission at a speed of like 1,700 feet per second and easily kill someone. However, from what I could tell, it does not look as if the gun had been fired yet. Simply, it looks as though the bullet is being soft-tossed in the air. And if we're using the baseball analogy, that a soft-toss is, you know, if you throw your own ball up in the air, it's about maybe 40 miles an hour, maybe 50 miles an hour. So that bullet is only going up. And if she hits that with a metal bracelet, even with a really strong, fast swing, you know, like a Barry Bonds or a Gary Sheffield swing or a Mike Trout for your younger kids. Even if Pete Alonso is taking a hack with the bracelet of submission, it's still only leaving it at about 70 miles per hour, not enough to pierce skin. And unless the person just has a terrible fear of bullets and drops dead of a heart attack, I will say that bullet did not kill someone in that truck. My answer is no, ultimately. Wow, Tommy, you put so many great visuals in my head of these baseball players wearing the uh, bracelets of submission. Uh, <laughs> I do. John, if you're out there, if you could get Pete Alonso in a Wonder Woman outfit, I will. Uh, you'll make me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, wonderful job, Tommy. We now have time for one more question that we're going to go into the box of scraps. The box of scraps! A little cave question. Yes, box little of scraps. dark, dirty question that we're going to uh, find out some unknowable things about me and Tommy. Mm -hmm. All right, this person asks, what is a basic thing you never learned how to do that at this point you will never learn? Uh, I'll go first. Mine is uh, mine is all to do with loops. Uh, I have three different looping exercises that I never, I learned shortcut fast ways to do them. Someone must have taught me as a frustrated adult when I was a little kid <laughs> that I have never learned the right way to do. The first is tying my shoes. I know there's a like round the corner through the yeah. thing, but there's also the very easy make two loops with your hands and basically tie them in a knot. Like yeah, loop, swoop, and pull. The bunny the, ears method or whatever. The rabbit comes out of the cave, goes back around the tree. Yeah, yeah exactly. I don't do the like snake comes out of its hole, goes around the tree, whoop dee dee. It's a it's a thing. I just made that up. <laughs> I do the like I do the like very ham fisted make two loops, tie them together. They're tied. Second thing is tying a tie. There's like, you know, Windsor knot, wow. double Windsor, all those things. Yeah. People can make ties, you know, look beautiful on them. I do the most basic, like, this is kind of a knot. The knot ends up being about the size of a cherry, and then the neck is just massive. I always kind of look yeah. like uh, like a Dick Tracy gangster. <laughs> like, that, like, just everything's too big on me, which is shocking that they even have fabric to do that. But the last thing, and perhaps the most shameful thing that I don't know how to do, is write in cursive. And I will tell you why. When I was in, I believe, first grade, which is when we started to learn how to write cursive, I was really sick, and I missed a lot of school, and I just never learned how to write in cursive. And right around that time is when they kind of decided that cursive wasn't that important. From Handwriting was kind of going out the window. Most people had word processors, at least, or things they could type up. Most papers were expected to be handed in, typed up from almost that point on, so at least to where I went to school in Rochester, New York, but I never really learned how to write cursive. And I've always just kind of faked it. Like I kind of know about half of the letters. Is that not uh, mortifying? Like I could probably, I mean, capitalize, I can do them all, but like there are specific ones. Like I, you, you, for a million dollars, I couldn't write a cursive G for you right now. Uh, I, I do a cursive G. The cursive Z is a weird one. The cursive uh, Z looks like a three. Yeah. Like a three that like yeah. is drunk and goes under the line. So like that I, does not I, look at like the risk Z. of exposing myself as a freaking moron here, I don't know how to tie a tie, <laughs> tie shoes, or write cursive correctly, but they do trust me to drive a car. So, hey. ain't that America? As John Mellon Ain't that says. America. <laughs> hey, so it just sounds like to me, correct me if I'm wrong, Tommy, you never learned how to tie your shoes, dress yes. yourself, 
or read or write. <laughs> yes, that is that that will be what someone takes away from this. And I I, re- I put read in there because I can only assume. Yeah, I can't. Well, I definitely can't read. That's, I never. Well, I never claimed I could. Completely understandable, Tommy. Tying a tie is hard. I, I do the same thing. I do the half Windsor, and then I just like try to stretch it out to yes. look like a oh, tie. Oh yes, hole. same. That oh yeah, works. you zhuzh it. You zhuzh it a little bit. You zhuzh, you zhuzh it. For me, uh, there are two things. I, for the longest time, I could not properly high five because I was not athletic in, uh, in high school. But then I learned the trick of you, you aim for the elbow works every time. The elbow, yeah. But I still can't do the the non handshake, non high five, just like cool guys yes. doing that thing. I, it's sure. always awkward for me. And then, you know, sometimes, well, not nowadays, thank God this is, like, the best time of my life because no one's doing that. But, like, right. just that simple thing, and I always end up making it a hug. So, like, yep. people will just be like, hey, man, and I'm like, yep. don't do this to me. Do this or yep. do that. Yep. Don't come in and do one yep. of these because I'll always just be like, and then now we're hugging. We're, we're just hugging. We're hugging. Yep. We're, we're more than friends. Absolutely. And there's a real sweet spot of like when you're in your 20s and your dad and his friends are in their 50s and his friends are all want to be really cool towards you. So they will yeah. not just give you a, a gentleman's handshake. They're like, I got to come at this kid and show him that I am down and that I get how kids shake hands. And then you just end up like weirdly caressing your father's yes. friend's hand and then your mm. eyes meet. The next thing you know, you're <laughs> at his cabin by the lake. The sun is setting and you got a couple Coors Lights in. Yeah, and you think, well, whatever. I'm not letting summer be canceled on me. I'm here and I'm uh, having fun. And it all started with a weird handshake. So <laughs> It all starts with a weird handshake. Always. Um, there's one more thing I never learned how to do was roller skate. I can't uh, really uh, ice skate, but I can. I love trying to ice skate during like winter season. But uh, mm-hmm. I, it's because I never learned how to roller skate. I, I hate that feeling not having like a firm footing. And as a kid, there's that uh, period in middle school where everyone has roller rink birthday parties. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was always a kid who's like, I better bring a bunch of quarters because I'm going to be hanging out in the arcade. The I'm going to be the ski ball kid. Yeah. yeah, so the last one of those I went to was uh, my buddy Terry. It was like his 12th birthday, and he was uh, it was at a roller rink, and I just got bored. I ran out of quarters, so I would like just like hang out on the side and like wave to my friends and try to do bits with them because <laughs> I'm like, well, when is this going to end? And at one point, this this stranger kid rolls up to, next to me, and he's like, hey, um, why aren't you skating? And I go, oh, I, um, I can't really skate. And he goes, oh, I'll teach you. And I said, no, it's fine. I, I've i tried it before. I'm going to be leaving soon, but thanks. And he's like, are you sure? He's like, all right. Sweetest kid in the world. Yeah. And just keeps skating. And then, like, then I started to get really bored. I just started racing Terry on the side. Uh, and I was <laughs> running. And I'd be like, I bet I can beat you. And at one point, I had to, like, sidestep this kid earlier who uh, who offered to teach me. And uh, and I, I like, kind of cut him off and almost caused him a trip. And he goes, Hey! And I literally turned around. I basically said whatever the 11-year-old equivalent was of, "fuck off, kid." <laughs> I was so mean to him. Oh and then, uh, and then I ran all the way around the track. And like five minutes later, this big scary kid comes up to me and he goes, "Hi, did you mess with my cousin?" And he pointed, and I see this other sweet kid who like tried to teach me to skate earlier, just like kind of like avoid eye contact. And I go, "Oh God!" I go, "Who?" And he goes, "You heard me." And I was like, ah! No one ever had ever said you heard me before yeah. to me, and I, I I shit myself, but I go yes uh, uh, him, and he goes yeah, did you mess with him? I'm like no 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 I I didn't mean to sir, um I I, I and he's like you mess with him, and if you mess with him again, I'm gonna kick your ass, and he's like and I'm here every weekend, and oh I was like ah. 
And this is the one roller rink on our side of town. So, like, every kid that summer had their birthday party at this roller rink, and I had to say no to all of them because I was too afraid to ever go back. And I never learned to roller skate. Wow. And, and I that never kid's will. name was Philip Molina. <laughs> hey! You heard me! He was the biggest kid. I feel like now, anytime I see kids on roller skates or skateboards, that kid is like, You heard me! You heard me! I'm he's, coming for you! He's still at that rig that hasn't been opened in 15 years, so he's still out there like, <laughs> waiting for you. I'm gonna find him! Someday the boy king will come back and I can put this Coors Light down and beat his ass. And then I'll be king! <laughs> and then I'll be the boy king. That is our show. Reminder that you can join our official Discord by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash newrockstars. You can get an audio version of the show by subscribing to our uh, New Rockstars Big Question podcast where every year podcast. Thanks to everyone who submitted questions. Get uh, mail us questions as well. Hey, thanks Tommy Bechtold for being an amazing co-host as always. Thanks for having me, Eric. Pleasure as always. Great to get to know more interesting things about you and to reveal more humiliating things about myself. Hey, we're just, we're getting closer and closer and we're doing the, uh, the Zoom call version of the weird sensual <laughs> handshake and hug. And, oh, uh, you, yeah, oh, whoop, and also uh, all, the verbal um, part gets so screwed up too. Um, yeah, that. I'm sorry, um, huh. uh, but did you like it? Um, yes. Was that good for you? How much do I owe you now? Um, I'm sorry. That was my first time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> follow Tommy at Tommy Bechtold on all social media. You can follow me at EA Voss on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, you can follow New Rockstar on social. Subscribe here on YouTube to get too much information on all the stuff you care about. And hey, in honor of this being a tenant episode, did you get that, Tommy? I did. I got it. You got it. I understand what's going on. <laughs> was it good for you? It was great. Yeah. <laughs> I had a great See time. you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>